0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Tomorrow marks the 10th anniversary of that bloody night at Kirkwood City Hall when a disgruntled resident joined a city council meeting and started shooting. Before he was himself killed, Cookie Thornton murdered five people, including two police officers, two council members, and the city's public works director. The wounded mayor, Mike Swoboda, died of his wounds months later. A reporter was wounded in the shooting. The incident opened an old wound centered on race relations between Thornton's predominantly African-American Meacham Park neighborhood and the rest of Kirkwood. Joining me to talk about Kirkwood today are Maggie Dewey, a member of the Kirkwood City Council and former member of the city's Human Rights Commission. Reverend David Bennett is senior pastor at the Kirkwood United Methodist Church. Reverend Jeffrey Croft is senior pastor at the Harrison Avenue Missionary Baptist Church. Thank you all so much for being with us. Nice to have you. you. Good afternoon. Thank you. Maggie, let me begin with you. Where is Kirkwood today, 10 years later, in the process of healing?
1: Busy. Um, We have uh, that night changed everything. Um, and for me, anyway, I had to be part of the solution, or I couldn't stand what happened. And there are many, many, many people, including the two people on either side of me, that felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, where we are is the relationship with with between Kirkwood, Kirkwood City, and Mieshan Park is um, a work in progress. There, we have gone, a, we have come a long way, though. Uh, we. we truly have. And there's a long way to go. Reverend
0: Croft, how would you look at the last 10 years in the the healing? As um, David and I were talking
2: over over the past day or two, we we came to the conclusion that um, no things are not where any individual may want them to be. But as we look back over the time frame, a lot of relationships were built. Mm -hmm. A lot of um, people that may not have even um, communicated with each other or come together in the same place has taken place. Um, um, the, the city itself and the relationship with, with the individuals has changed. As Maggie said, we still have, you know, a distance to go, but we can look back and see that out of this, there were some things that has taken place that we really are pleased
0: with and proud of.
3: And Reverend Bennett, what have you been saying? Well, as you can imagine, the city was in shock when we first learned of this. This would have been the very last thing anyone would have ever projected or thought of. In particular, uh, all the parties really uh, were part of the Kirkwood community, uh, including Cookie, um, who initiated this uh, tragic event. Nonetheless, uh, was a part of the Kirkwood community and beloved by many people. Um, Since then, well, when that event took place, many people were bewildered as to what we would do next – And uh, I credit uh, the good citizens of Kirkwood and uh, the community for wanting to step forward and say this event will not define who we are. And we began meeting together in fairly large groups uh, in the next months ahead to begin to say who are we and how could something like this happen and who do we want to become. I think we've uh, traveled some good distance uh, with – uh, as many as 450 people over a, f- a four-month period getting together to to talk uh, and meet each other, black and white, young and old, and tell their stories. Out of that, those stories emerged in uh, action that led to a, a, a redesigning of the Human Rights Commission through uh, a mediation agreement. Out of that work, I think our... Community has taken actual steps, real steps, and brought about change.
0: Maggie, you remember that Human Rights Commission? We're a member of it. What, what specifically did has it accomplished uh, so far?
1: Um, the first thing was that th- through the mediation agreement, there were um, four members added. Uh, I was one of them, and we were given the task of vision statements and mission statements and strategic plans. Um, from there. Um, it, it was an amazing group of people. It was an amazing time because we we were all intent on um, being better and finding ways to be better. Um, there is a bus now that goes over and picks up the uh, the, um, the middle school kids or the junior high kids from Meacham because they were they were crossing it the railroad tracks and it wasn't safe. Um, there is an LGBT ordinance that only. Seven, as far as I know, 17 other municipalities have in the state. Ours also has an enforcement, and only three other have that. Um, there, was, there was still a um, covenant in one of the neighborhoods that obviously wasn't legal anymore, but it was still there, and that's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, outside of the, um, the post office, it was ADA compliant, um, but it wasn't safe. And we sat at a table and watched the parties that were going to be able to change it, figure it out. And um, at one point, the then president uh, and a dear friend, Darnell Frost, and I just kind of looked at each other and realized sometimes all you have to do is set the table. Mm-hmm. And we set many tables, and and a lot came of it. And the the current human rights commission is as busy as we were. It was
0: fun. Reverend Croft uh, clearly, Cookie Thornton wasn't the only person who was frustrated in in, in that community. How did it get to that point?
2: Well, um, this 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 has not ten years ago was not the first or the initiation of the issues that that take place in Kirkwood. Kirkwood just happened to be the, the town or the place that this incident was going to take place.
0: An all-American town. By an all-American all American
2: yeah, town. Yeah. And we've thought a lot of times, it's like it couldn't happen in our town. Mm-hmm. But but there has to be an awakening to the fact that there are have been race relations issues um, in Kirkwood for basically as long as Kirkwood has existed. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, with the before the annexation annexation of the park Meacham Park, um, it was Meacham Park, and it was Kirkwood. Mm-hmm. It was Meacham Park, and it was Kirkwood, um, and 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 so that dividing line, you know, we, we use a terminology across the track, uh, uh,
0: term- Del Delmar Divide. That's the, right. the, the Del Mar Delmar
2: Divide, or whatever you you know. Mm-hmm. There are so many terms, but it means the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so the, the 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 um feelings, the the um things that were going on, especially with city and their relationships to that area had just boiled, has mm-hmm. just boiled, has just boiled. When the annexation began to take place, other things began to happen. So there was a build up in the mentality and the feelings not only of Cookie, mm-hmm. but of a lot of people in that area and the the lines of communication were not available.
0: Reverend Bennett, I would have to think that there's a certain degree of guilt in the white community there because it seems to me that what uh, the others are saying is that, that community was basically invisible to the whites in Kirkwood.
3: Yeah, probably so. I, um, I, th- I think that there's uh, an awareness across our nation uh, in many cases where um, – there is a kind of blindness to uh, a larger cultural context. Um, organizations or groups or meetings like Witnessing Whiteness is, is a process of becoming aware uh, of uh, the assumptions that white folks take for granted about the culture around them and uh, how white folks can be very blind to very real human issues in, in, uh, right in their very midst. One of the... Um, events that led to some awakening for us at Kirkwood United Methodist Church was related to as soon as this uh, event took place, uh, we had a invited anyone who wanted to come the next day at noon uh, to have a a time of prayer. And uh, the community came out, and the building was filled with uh, a need to just get together with other people and to begin to ask questions. Uh, Along the way, that next day, uh, I was asked if uh, the funeral for Cookie could be held at our church. And uh, that's kind of uh, a strange ask for some white folks. Um, It it initially was because we had a large enough facility we thought that would accommodate, but also for us it became an opportunity to begin the process of starting the conversation of how we can really address uh, issues of black and white in, in Kirkwood um, as a result uh, the uh, our our sanctuary holds around five hundred there were some seven hundred people there, so there obviously was a need in our community for people to come and to see a, a larger issue here
0: so clearly, there is a spiritual component to the yeah. to the to the healing process
3: absolutely yeah. absolutely and we 're finding that uh, without uh soul searching and and being willing to actually really communicate in a vulnerable way which i refer to as reflective communication where we're open to listen and to be changed by what the other person says that becomes a very spiritual experience together and you work toward a greater cause of not just defending your own personal values but to a greater cause that uh, brings about some reconciliation
0: Reverend Croft, address for me, if you would, the the spiritual aspect of all of this. Well, one
2: of of the things that he, especially the three of us and Scott Stearman and all when when he was around, Mm. um, in order for uh, the people to to realize or come together, those of us who are leading the people must first of all make an effort. And so um, being that we are... The, were the pastors, particular in that particular time at their church, Dave and I were talking, Scott and I were talking that because of that, it opened the minds and the hearts of those of us who are spiritual leaders. Are we standing mm-hmm. in the pulpit every Sunday, mm-hmm. preaching and teaching, but when we walk out the doors, there is no evidence mm-hmm. of the preaching and the teaching? So there was a conscious effort to, first of all, make sure that as leaders, we display togetherness, which then trickled down to our congregations.
0: Maggie Dewey, I I get the impression from what you said earlier that you had something of a spiritual awakening in the recognition that something, you felt something had to be done and you had to be part of the doing of it.
1: No Mm -hmm. doubt. Mm -hmm. um, I hate that what happened had to happen to have that awakening. Mm -hmm. I... Uh, yeah, um, but no doubt, absolutely. W- through the meetings with uh, the community for understanding and and then healing um, is now hope. Um, there was an amazing coming together. There was as as Reverend Bennett said, there were four or five hundred people. From that through Focus St. Louis came um, Bridges groups, mm-hmm. and um, I have co-facilitated one of those. We're still we still meet every month, and it is an interracial group. We are family together. Um, we are not just friends. Mm-hmm. We are family together in in the wonder in the most wonderful way. The other thing that came about was smaller groups, and so not just Bridges, but. I remember many times with with Dave around um, around kitchen tables, both mm-hmm. in Meacham and in right. in individual homes, in yeah. individual homes, yeah, it was um, both black homes and white homes right. and and we just talked um, also there was a group that we were all three part of that the police chief put together mm-hmm. of of religious leaders in, in town. And that was an amazing group. Um, it, we, we learned a lot about each other, if nothing else.
0: There, there's always a lot of talk when something like this, not that there is an awful lot of uh, uh, examples of things just like this, but a lot of discussion about having discussions, and about having conversations. And then the conversations stop and there is no action. Are you, mm. you folks in Kirkwood beyond that point? Where action is is got to replace the conversation, or at least be a significant part of it
3: that 's always a threat risk once an event is over, and right. the passion no. the um, um, concern has subsided. Some words have been spoken. There's a tendency at at which you can go back to sort of business as usual. But I believe that there are many markers along the way in the last 10 years that um, fly in the face of that assumption. And unfortunately, that uh, occurrence, it would have truly been a, a tragedy had we not had a transformation. But we've taken advantage of that in a way to change. And uh, there have been a number of changes that literally have changed the, the laws in the city of Kirkwood, mm-hmm. which is substance rather than just good talk. Um, and the bringing together of people, and as we've talked here, um, about relationships that are stronger and um, continue to ask questions. Where do we go from here? Anyone want to elaborate on and, that? And, and the thing Robert about it Ruffin?
2: is if, 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 mm-hmm. if we don't um, – continue to try to uh, build levels or make the next step, then what is to say that uh, the status quo, or back to where we used to be, will then not take over? And then if there is, Mm -hmm. God forbid, some other issue or something that might take place, at least we do now have a platform or a stepping point that we won't be in the dark about it. But there has to be a continuation of communications, Mm -hmm. despite... Uh, uh, what has taken place, we've still got to communicate and move on to the next
0: level. And Maggie, you have to know who to talk to. to.
2: You
1: mm-hmm. have to know who to talk to, and we know where we got before. We don't ever want to get Go there back. again, not even even close. Um, we know how we got there before. We know how not to get mm-hmm. there again. Uh,
0: I've got to take a break now, I'll remind the audience that we're talking about the 10th anniversary, which is tomorrow, of that horrific shooting at the Kirkwood uh, City Hall, as I say, 10 years ago. Uh, in all, what six or seven people died? I guess it was seven, six, six well, people. Well, seven, died. And a cookie. Think, yeah. yeah, yeah, with, with cookie, cookie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think we've got to count him. I oh, mean, without I'm question, sure yes. I take. apologize for not. Yeah. Um, In any case, uh, I'll tell the audience that if you'd like to get into this conversation, we'd like to hear from Kirkwood residents. Uh, What are your thoughts about where we are today as compared to where we are 10 years ago and beyond that? Give us a call at 382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Send us an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org. We'll take a tweet at STL on air. Back with our guests in just a moment. This is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Welcome back to our conversation about the 10th anniversary of that tragic shooting at the Kirkwood City Council meeting 10 years ago. With me in studio are Kirkwood City Councilwoman Maggie Dewey, Reverend David Bennett of the Kirkwood United Methodist Church, and Reverend Jeffrey Croft of the Harrison Avenue Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, Reverend Croft, let me come back to you on this. I was sort of curious as we were um, getting ready for this program to find out if the events in Ferguson had any impact on what people of Kirkwood were thinking. I mean, in terms of the way that was reacted to, there was legislation, there were a number of things happened. The Justice Department got involved, as it did in, in Kirkwood. Um, was there any impact that kind of uh, steeled the resolve in Kirkwood or otherwise? I, I do
2: think and believe um, that the Kirkwood and the Ferguson issues or totally different when when I say um, um, what happened in Kirkwood was more of a city official and community relationship issue. The Ferguson issue, I think, was um, not on the same basis as to why took things, even though there are issues that are prevalent in both areas in which it still is the relationships between black and white, uh, where that took place in the area in Ferguson, there were issues just like in Kirkwood, just like in Webster, or like we mentioned ago the all American issue um, um, uh, The things that took place out of out of Kirkwood that has uh, improved and and, and and made our community better, there are things that took place in Ferguson that have changed a lot of because if you drive through Ferguson now, if you look at what 's going on there. A lot of things came out of that that were positive uh, from, a, from a negative situation.
0: But, Maggie, it did awaken awareness in the Ferguson community and the entire area of the disparity in social justice, justice. issues. Oh, sure. And, yeah. and what I'm thinking of here, it was seven or eight years after the incident in Kirkwood where people might have become complacent. I wonder if that reawakened uh, you know, their o- awareness of issues such as that.
1: Um, I think so. Uh, I, unfortunately, uh, when our shootings happened, um, uh, I personally felt like we were s- f- part of a club—a club that no one ever wants to be, ever wants to be in. But it was a pretty small club at the time, in in, in my awareness. Um, over the ten years, it's. Sadly and horrifically, not such a small club anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but as a friend of mine said, who lived in Webster with the with uh, following our the Kirkwood shooting, she said, "But there, there, but for the grace of God, went North Mm -hmm. Webster." So, uh, our our shootings. Awoke Webster, awoke a lot of the communities around.
0: That's kind of what I was getting at, if that had any kind of a, a uh, snowball uh, effect. I,
1: I, thought, well, I Benner, so. any thoughts on that? Um,
3: <clears throat> I think that because of the experience we had and what I see as good work that followed – in developing relationships that when Ferguson happened and some of these other uh, terrible incidents across the country, um, we had relationships. And I, I noted that people were being in touch with each other and communicating and were uh, avoiding uh, this gap or lack of communication that leads to further separation. And uh, it seems to me that some good work that was done then led to a, a, a better uh, way of dealing with other issues.
0: Uh, I, I want to take some calls, but just another question concerning inclusiveness and diversity at, at civic events and city politics. And it, it, uh, are you finding that it's more inclusive now, oh. more diverse now, these events than before? Maggie, you're shaking your head.
1: I'm, I am incredibly proud to be on the council that is mm-hmm. is seated now. Um, mm-hmm. That is the number one thing in most everything we do, is how do we include everyone? Because um, we're... we're Kirkwood is getting more diverse in other ways, too. We have mm-hmm. Muslim folks that live there and, and um, all kinds of – we're getting more and more diverse, which we're big in the business of celebrating. Um, both the city government and I think everybody is, is, like I said, big in the business of celebrating.
0: Are you saying the same
2: thing? I'm saying the same thing. Uh, and then, too, what makes the difference is, again, the avenues, the doors have now been opened or the or, or means by which an individual can and feel inclusive because of all the things that MAG and the, and, the, and the groups have done, have made it available. So, yes, people now do feel um, that they have an opportunity not only just to voice their opinions, but to have something to say about the government itself, and, and there's no repercussions behind it.
3: Mm. Go ahead. Just one thought. Um, it seems to me from my experience, uh, after... Uh, these uh, few meetings that we had for a few months of people coming together, the um, uh, establishment of the uh, commission that allowed for uh, the city and community leaders to come together. We established through the U.S. Department of uh, U.S. Department of uh,
1: Justice. Excuse
3: department. me. I just using the <laughs> Department of Justice. It happens all the time. Yeah, it happens, happens all, all the time. On to what you are. Oh, he's looking for
1: justice. Don't I'm looking for too. justice. I have been. <laughs> yes, we've all been looking for justice.
3: Well, I think we found some. Um, I think we have. That was a reset of folks getting together. There was about nine. There were about nine months of uh, city officials getting together with with civilians in the – citizens in the community, and they began unpacking these issues. Mm -hmm. And it was a reset for listening in a way that never happened before, Mm -hmm. and I think that has really helped us since.
1: uh, If I can uh, – I I didn't mean to to intimate that the council now is better than all the other councils. Mm -hmm. We're just just a good council, and I think there were amazing people that stepped up. That night, not even the next day, but stepped up that night.
0: Well, let's uh, let's get some uh, listeners into the conversation. We'll start with Ron calling from the aforementioned Ferguson. Go ahead, Ron. Hey, uh, my quick question is: Who initiated the merger, and did the, the, the citizens of Merton Park vote for, with some understanding that they needed some representation? And what are some of the measurable differences in, in Kirkwood now? Are there more African Americans on the police fire? City workers and teachers, and lastly, Cookie seemed like he was mentally ill, and it just the, the issues just pushed him over the edge. So please address those things. Who would like to start with that, uh, Meg?
1: Um, I, I would say as far as Cookie goes, um, you know, I I uh, canvassed for um, some candidates that were running two months later for city council. And everybody wanted to talk, and mostly I just handed the the papers to them and listened um and i didn't hear anyone i mean a hundred percent say, "Oh yeah, I saw cookie that come, and he was going to do that." Everybody liked cookie mm-hmm. everybody everybody mm-hmm. liked cookie and I think um, I think no one runs into a building with two guns and starts shooting people without some sort of mental malfunction um, so was that piece of it? I believe it was. It was not the only piece of it that got him in that room.
0: What about the police department? Are there more minorities in the department now than was the case?
1: Um, I don't know for sure. My guess would be not a lot. Um, And we're working on it. Uh, I have
0: a question in front of me here on on the computer that's an interesting one. Can, in some perverted way, could we say that Cookie Thornton was successful in that he certainly, in, in this horrible way, uh, awakened an entire community and caused significant change.
2: I, I, I'm kind of leery on the word successful. Yeah, me too. Mm, yeah, me too. <clears throat> um, did did something come out of what happened? True enough. I, I, I don't want to say he was successful in making Kirkwood uh, do what it was that they did um during During that whole time, way back when they were getting ready with the annexation, there were a whole lot of issues that took place between the city and and the area itself. There were some things that that was promised to Cookie if he would do certain things to help move this along. Mm-hmm. Then, after it got started and they did not um, keep their word um was was there a mental issue? I don't say it was in the beginning, but I think after it just kept festering and kept boiling and, 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 and the things that he was seeing, and like Maggie said, nobody would have ever said that this would have been Cookie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That You, you can't find mm-hmm. anybody nobody. in the community that say that Cookie was going to do this. Right. But... With all that was going on with him, no, none of us knew mentally. But that eventually did push him over, over the edge.
0: Ron also asked about a merger between the Kirkwood and, and uh, Meacham Park. Uh, the, annexation? And, and, uh, the annexation? Well, that's, I guess yeah. that's what he means, no, then, because that's, that's what it was. It was not a, not a merger per se.
3: Was there a vote on that? There was mm-hmm. um, it. Uh, it was a difficult time, wow. and uh, there were folks who did vote. Some would say it wasn't a large group that gathered for the vote, and so had suspicion about uh, the majority of the actual na- uh, community right. being in support of of it. And so that started off at a in a bad way, and it continued to unfold in a number of bad ways that did not lead uh, to uh, a healthy end. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, our time is beginning to wind down now. I think we ought to talk about uh, what, what are the significant challenges that remain? Obviously, a lot has been done. Reverend Bennett, we'll start with you. What would you put at the top of the
3: list what yet needs to be done? Yeah I'm impressed that that there is this consciousness that we need to be vigilant about this uh but uh, I continue to see uh disparity in education and um uh, and in services in some ways uh in the community uh Kirkwood is a white community largely and it uh, meets its majority needs uh, and its its resources tend to go in that direction uh, i th- I think there 's still work to be done in that regard right. Maggie
1: I would agree and i I think especially in in um in education the the learning gap is there okay. um, um, we have We have work to do with that and um I think there are a lot of good people that are that are up for it. We have a new superintendent, so I'm excited about him. And um, I I continue to see people finding new ways, even on their own, of such, of such as finding ways. Um, th- th- there's Kirk Care, and there's there's um, all the churches, and there's I mean people are there's uh, Hands On Kirkwood, which is an amazing uh, organization. So. Mm. There's just a lot of ways that things are happening.
2: Reverend Crop? One thing I, I mm-hmm. would like to uh, mention, and I've had a few people who have, have stated this fact, that there are those who really think that all black people live in Meacham Park. Mm-hmm. that live in Kirkwood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if if you go back historically, there are several communities outside of the park that were predominantly black. I want to say communities in Kirkwood. Mm-hmm. So um, when they brought in like the annexation now now, it's all supposedly called Kirkwood. Absolutely, uh, the distinguishing factor comes in from from generations of older people who lived there, uh, and but 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 you you'll, you'll get in trouble if 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 you ask an individual who is black, do you live in Meacham Park in Kirkwood? Because it's not considered the park anymore. With the annexation came the the totality of being Kirkwood. So,
0: what, what percentage of the Kirkwood population is African-American, would you guess? Do you any idea? Uh, no. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't either. tell you
2: that. And, mm. and
1: three or four, yeah, that would be what I would say. And, and I agree with Reverend Croft. There's the, and there are white folks moving in to meet and, and there are other neighborhoods there in within Kirkwood that have their own name of neighborhood as well.
0: We're going to have to end it there. I want to thank you all so much for being with us. City Councilwoman Maggie Dewey, thank you for being with us. Reverend David Bennett, great to see you again of the Kirkwood United Methodist Church and Reverend Jeffrey Croft of the Harrison Avenue Missionary Baptist Church. Reminder, a Kirkwood Tragedy 10-year anniversary prayer service will be held tomorrow night at 7.30 at Reverend Bennett's church, uh, the United Methodist Church of Kirkwood. All are welcome, needless to all say. All are welcome. There's the also a city
1: um, commemoration on the city um, steps at 7 o'clock.
0: We gotta get, we've got, we'll put that on our website. Thank, Thank you. you all so much. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.